0: This morning, we're going to be continuing to look at Psalm 107. This will be our our second sermon from Psalm 107, and we'll have a few more after this. Part of why we're here is to remind us of the, the, the faithfulness of God and how he fills our lives with good things. And we need to live our lives in such a way that we realize and really show that our lives are filled with good things because of what Christ has done for us. Um, and it was Mary, the mother of Jesus, as she spoke, she said he is he has filled the humble with good things, but the rich he has sent empty away. Her life was just this fantastic life where she lived for God. She trusted him, believed in him because she knew how faithful God was. She knew the steadfast love of the Lord. And we need that in our lives, especially when life seems to be just so unsettling in so many ways. Uh, Life is difficult. It wears on us. It seems like we can't keep up with everything. Um, There are complexities with relationships and how to deal with life and with our health and just so many different things that that are unsettling and difficult. And God comes along and he says, and that's why I'm so thankful for Sundays. Even when I'm not present in the building with the group, we're still present here together. And we remind each other, especially when we gather around that table, that no matter how difficult a week it's been, no matter the struggles that we've had, God is still faithful. And he loves us so much that he was willing to send his own son to die for us. Um, That's a good reminder. And I needed that today. I need this reminder. And I think we all need this reminder. May we always focus on Jesus Every week. I think Psalm 107 serves to help just kind of settle that same kind of thought in is that God is faithful. We can trust Him and let us serve Him and turn to Him. So last week, as we looked at this, um, we looked at verses 4 through 9 last week in particular, and it describes a soul that was wandering around in a desert, just despairing of life, trying to find food, trying to find something to drink. And we were reminded that when they called out to God, is that God was the one who filled them. God provided for them. God filled them up. And we're reminded that in this life, that all the things around us, even in the United States of America, with all the wealth that we have, all of those things, they don't fill us. They don't give us the substance that we need to survive spiritually. Only God can provide that. So just always remember that without God, we are fainting souls. Even though we might have everything that we think we want, we are fainting souls who need to cry out to God. We're in a wilderness. We need sustenance from God. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Let us focus on him and turn to him to be filled. Today, as we look at verses 10 through 16, there's a different picture that's created. Instead of wandering through a desert and just, you know, fainting from lack of food, lack of water. This describes an enslaved people who are working their fingers to the bone for a slave master, a horrible taskmaster, because they have rebelled against God. They have turned from God and they have become enslaved. And so now these people are in darkness. They're in shackles and they need to call out to God and they do. And God comes and sets them free. He brings them Out of the darkness that they were in. So let's look at these verses. I want to go ahead and read the entire passage. Verses 10 uh, 10 through 16. It says here. So follow along with me. uh, Psalm chapter 107. Verse number 10. There were those who dwelt in darkness. And in the shadow of death. Prisoners in misery and chains. Because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. Therefore, he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was no one to help. Then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble. He saved them out of their distresses. He brought them out of darkness in the shadow of death and broke their bands apart. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness and for the wonders, for his wonders to the sons of men. For he has shattered the gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. There's just another neat and wonderful image that's created here of how God cares for us. And he is so steadfast, even when we don't deserve it. So let's look at verse number ten, and it's talking about this darkness. There were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death. Now, as I think about darkness, you know, here is this universal symbol uh, for evil. You know, in um, in the Star Wars, it's leave the leave the light, come to the dark side, Luke. Join me. You know, it's it's always in, in it, it's just this great epic battle between good and evil is the darkness against the light and they are always at odds it's just a universal symbol that's accepted everywhere i know that it, it makes sense to me because when i was young i i knew that the darkness was it was not my friend i can remember being real young and and going from my bedroom into that next little room, which was called the toy room. Sounds like a neat place, but it was a little room. It was an attic room and uh, it was a very dark room because there were no windows in there. And you open that door to go into that toy room and it was complete darkness. And I didn't want to open that door and I didn't like that door there at night either. I wanted to just uh, pretend that door wasn't there. But when I didn't need to go in there, when I'd finally get my courage to go in there, I would take my hand and reach or, you know, open the door just a little bit, try and reach my hand in and flip that light on just as quick as I could. Because in that darkness, I just knew that evil abounded. I knew there was some kind of uh, monster that was there to get me. Pardon me. (coughs) So it was always just to go into that room. To go into the darkness, I was always met with fear. I didn't want to do it. And finally, you know, I just came, I don't know how old, have any idea how old I was, but I finally decided, you know what? Uh, if there's anything in there that's going to get me, It probably would have already got me, right? Started thinking about this logically. And besides that, if it's my time to go, then I'm ready to go because God's on my side. And I'm with God. I'm one of his children. And so I would open the door and flip on the light and just go on in. So darkness, though, it's that idea of fear. It's the unknown. It's, it's evil. I remember even when I was older, I've talked about this before. You know, going out and running um, those country roads in the middle of the night just to, to try and get my exercise preparation for running a mini marathon and running out in the darkness with those cornfields around and with the, the woods on one side. And it was always decent when the uh, when the moon was out. When there was no moon, man, it would get dark out there. And I just would feel just a sense of, of fear. I felt like the devil could jump out at me anytime. It was such a dark feeling. Well, darkness just... It associates with with evil. We associate with fear. We associate with being out of control. We don't know what's there. We don't know what's going to happen. And we just feel like evil abounds in the darkness. And certainly that is when uh, the devil's servants come out to play. The deeds of the darkness. Those are are people who, who do things in the cover of night that they ought not to do. So... This idea of darkness, the universal symbol of evil. And we all can understand the darkness and we usually don't like the darkness except for when we're in a very safe place and we're ready to get some sleep and shut our eyes, right? Then we like the darkness where we can relax and sleep, but it has to be a safe place or else then we can't sleep. So darkness Universal symbol of evil. And we have felt the presence of evil when we're in the darkness. Have you? I have. Have you? Have you ever had fear in the darkness? You ever had to be the last one to close down a building in the middle of the night, shut off the lights and walk across a big empty room or warehouse? You know, it's a, those are scary positions to be in. The darkness can cover all kinds of evil, be evil can uh, abound in the darkness. Darkness is a scary place. Um, darkness represents a lot of evil things. The interesting thing about this verse, then, as I look at it now, I'll look at it again. It says, there were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death. Or maybe your version says that they sat in darkness And in the shadow of death, it seems to me that that it sounds like this is where they chose to be. You know, don't you usually live where you want to live? Don't you usually uh, dwell in the place where you want to dwell? And if you don't like it, you would move. And it sounds to me, it's kind of interesting, my little take on this is that it sounds like they chose to be in the darkness. And that's a a strange thing. But I think they actually did. (coughs) Excuse me. I pray that we never choose to dwell in the darkness. But what else is associated with darkness in this verse? Look at this then. It says, there were those who dwelt in darkness and in the shadow of death. It's often, you know, darkness. We, we look at when we come close to death, that's a very, that can be a very dark time. It's a very scary time for people. The shadow of death, when death is coming closer, its shadow becomes near. When you're walking through uh, a, a dark place, you can feel death around you. That's a scary thing. But then it also says they were prisoners in misery And chains. They were greatly afflicted, these people, who dwelt in darkness, in misery and chains. And this makes me think, well, maybe they didn't choose to stay here. Maybe now they're prisoners here and they can't get up and move. They can't move out of the darkness and move to the place of the light. But they're prisoners. This is a terrible place where these people have found themselves. They're in the darkness, in the shadow of death. They are prisoners with great affliction. They are in chains. We're going to learn more about their situation here in a moment. Verse 11 says, Because they had rebelled against the words of God and spurned the counsel of the Most High. So we find out there's a reason why they're in the darkness, why they are prisoners. And it's because they had rebelled against God. So it turns out, in a sense, although I don't think they would have said, hey, let's choose the darkness, when they turned against God, they were in a in essence choosing the darkness. Look at Psalm 18:28. I really like this uh, this description here that's given. By the psalmist as he describes God, he says, for you light my land. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. So he brings God is the one who brings light to the darkness. And everybody should know that God who spoke and and there was light. God who is light and in him there is no dark darkness. We should turn to him if we want to be in the light. If we want to stay away from darkness, if we want to not be prisoners and be afflicted with misery, with chains, then stick with God. Don't turn from him. I mentioned uh, that uh, not everybody will be able to see this, but my background screen is is the one that we use for sh- Shalom. The uh, the This is the... The sun coming up uh, at the uh, at the ocean uh, and it it represents God shining his light into our lives. That's how we can have a full, complete life. That's how we can have a peaceful life is when God is shining his light into the darkness and driving out the darkness. Don't turn from God. Turn to him, go to him. He is the one who is the light. He can shine the light into your darkness. So here are these people that are suffering. They are prisoners. Uh, They are in the shadow of death because they have turned away from the teaching of God. Should have known better, but they rebelled. Verse number 12. It says, therefore, he humbled their heart with labor. They stumbled and there was none to help. So they've turned from God and God in his great mercy starts uh, showing them that they need to turn back to him he humbled them he humbled their heart with labor and now at this passage you know you might have in in, in terms of old old Testament stories and passages you might be thinking of some different things of course uh, Egypt was a place where Uh, The Israelites were humbled and they were under great taskmasters. And Pharaoh was a terrible, uh, terrible master who made them labor and uh, and work hard. And they received none of the benefits of that labor. Everything went to the master. So they worked hard. They were making bricks. And what did they get? Just more work, more work, more work. And all of the profit, all of the, the labor, the benefits of the labor went to their terrible master, Pharaoh. Well, it didn't end there because they they were removed from that. God came and saved them, took them to the promised land. Well, they didn't believe, so they wandered around in the desert for 40 years where their souls fainted the for, for, for water, for food, but God provided for them. He brought them to the promised land. They conquered the promised land, but they weren't completely faithful. And they ended up going through these cycles where they would serve God, fall away. God would let them go. And just like the passage here, he would humble them under the thumb of an oppressor. So judges... I want to read this one passage from Judges chapter 2. In Judges chapter 2, it describes the cycle that was an over and over again cycle. And I think it really fits with what is being described here in this, uh, in Psalm 107. In Joshua, uh, excuse me, I s- switched to Joshua. I'm at Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter two, starting verse 11. And I'll just read to verse 15, but the story kind of continues and reiterates itself as you go on. And the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt and followed other gods from among the gods of peoples who were around them. And they bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and Ashtaroth. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of plunderers who plundered them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them so that they could not, so they could no longer stand before their enemies. Wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. And the Lord, had, as the Lord had spoken, and as the Lord had sworn to them, so that they were severely distressed. So here, it, cycle over and over again, this happens in the book of Judges. And it's exactly what's going on in Psalm 107. People who rebelled against God God turned them over to the darkness so that they were prisoners in misery and in chains. And then they get humbled with with labor, with all kinds of evil being done to them. And they're, they're stumbling and there is no one to help. And so finally, then once their heart is humbled, they cry out to the Lord in their trouble. So look at verses 13 and 14 of Psalm 107 now then they cried out to the Lord in their trouble he saved them out of their distresses he brought them out of the darkness and the shadow of death and broke their bands apart that picture of him breaking the bands apart that's him setting them free from their chains over and over God does this over and over the cycle continues this is This is not just one instance that's being referred to here in Psalm 107. This is a continuation. It's a cycle. And God, when they cry out, God is always there to save them. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. God is really, really good to us. and We need to always... Remember how faithful he is. He brought them out of the darkness. Verses 15 and 16. Let them give thanks to the Lord for his loving kindness, for his wonders, for the sons of men. So there is that picture when he when he saves people, even though they don't deserve to be saved because they were the dummies who rebelled in the first place. God comes along and he saves He is steadfast in his love. He has that. Remember, the other language was loyal love. He is so loyal. It is just amazing. Verse 16: For he has shattered gates of bronze and cut bars of iron asunder. No prison is going to hold God's people, no darkness is going to, to keep us. God's light is always going to win. Let us turn to him and let us never turn away from him. So these people, they had great reason to be thankful to God because he he is so very faithful. The question then comes to us. What about us? Last week, we considered all the ways that we were Uh, wandering around in a desert um, spiritual desert and we need to seek after God for him to fill us up today I ask are we in the darkness is there darkness around us are we in the dark are we prisoners in misery and chains and The answer is clear that it was made clear uh, to Paul and through his words, I think is one place where I can turn to is that anybody who is not in Christ Jesus, we have chosen to dwell in the darkness. If you are not in Christ, you are turning to the darkness and away from the light. You are under the control of Satan he is uh, he is the one you've got a choice of two masters. You can serve the Lord God or you can serve Satan and there's no one, no no other third choice that's kind of in the middle. It's either one or the other and we need to choose Jesus and we need to dwell in his light and in his love. Let us give our lives to Jesus. turn to Acts chapter 26 Paul is recounting the time when he was (coughs) excuse me he's recounting when he was uh, uh, converted and in the beginning of his conversion I guess to say because on the road to Damascus is when Jesus first spoke to him and told him his intentions of what he was going to do with him the mission that he had for Paul and here is what the Lord said to him on that road In Acts chapter 26, starting in verse number 15, we'll read through 18. And by the way, this is when this bright, brilliant light is shining on him too. Paul, who had been living in darkness, now Jesus shows up in as a bright light that blinds him. Verse 15, and I said, who are you, Lord? And, And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. Get up and stand on your feet. For this person purpose I have appeared to you, to appoint you a minister and a witness, not only of the things to which you have seen, but also to the things in which I will appear to you, rescuing you from the Jewish people and from the Gentiles to whom I am sending you. And here is where we're getting to the point. This is Paul's purpose. God saying, I'm sending you to these people verse 18 to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in me and here it is clear that there are two choices you can you can turn the and the two choices that the picture is clear. And it's what we were talking about before with, with darkness being the universal symbol for evil. You can be in darkness or light. You got to pick one, you got to choose one or the other. And you got to, if you want to come to light, then you got to turn from the darkness. And that is synonymous with being um, the darkness is the dominion of Satan, but the light is the dominion of God. And that's so you're either under the, the, the word dominion, it's it's reign, it's power, it's authority. You are either under the dominion, the authority of Satan, and you're in the darkness or you are under the dominion of God and he is reigning over you. He is your master. He is the one in control and you submit to him. You do not rebel against him in any way. You stick with the light. Don't give in to the darkness. Turn from it. Come to the light. These people, they had to learn their lesson, and so many times we do too, that when we spurn God's ways, when we rebel, and we don't listen to his counsel, we're giving ourselves over to the darkness and we cannot do it. Let us not do it. Let us stick with the light of God. Let us listen to him. Turn to him so that we, as it says here, may have forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith in Christ Jesus. Let us live for Christ. Let us dwell in the dark. In, excuse me, let us not. Dwell, that's the title of the lesson. So it's for, right there in my mind. Let us not dwell in darkness. Don't dwell in darkness, but dwell in the light of Christ Love. Let Jesus be your light and then shine that light to others. That's why we exist. That's what we want to do, who we want to be. Live for Christ Jesus. There's anybody today who has, you're still dwelling in the darkness. It's not a fun place to be. It's an awful, terrible place to be. But the light of Jesus is such a joy and it's such a peace. It gives us. Shalom, wellness, wholeness, sense of purpose, and it gives us light in our lives. If there's anybody that needs to give their life to Jesus today, make today the day that you do it. And if there's anybody in the church who needs prayers, that you want to live more like the light of Christ, having Him in your life, you you contact one of your your brothers or sisters in Christ, and you pray with them or you make a decision now that you're going to, you talk to God and pray that he'll make you stronger to live better for him. But let's remember how good, how faithful God is. He rescues us from the darkness and brings us to his wonderful light. Let us live for him. And let's especially think about that now as we prepare, as we prepare to have this Lord's Supper.